This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're on the phone right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim, coming out of this overnight session, seeing a little bit of loss. What are we looking at heading into this Wednesday? Uh, good morning. Yeah, we are seeing a little bit of a correction after yesterday's kind of explosive move higher coming out of a three-day weekend. Um, you know, there's three things that the market's really kind of concentrating on. You know, we did have that frost damage of that Argentina crop over the weekend. We still don't know the damage, but right now the market's obviously pricing kind of a worst-case scenario. The second thing right now, there's still not a lot of rain in the forecast for Argentina. And I've heard some reports today there's some scattered showers rain and, that are falling right now as we speak, but in general, it's a drier forecast, so that crop continues to get smaller than northern Brazil. They're still fighting too much rain. They are getting the crop out. It is a slower pace than normal, but it is getting harvested. But that slower pace is allowing us to maybe stay in the export market a little bit longer than the trade was thinking. So some old crop sales to China. But also what's becoming a little bit of a concern for the corn market is if they can't get the beans out, Dustin, that means they can't get the safrina crop in on a timely basis. Now, right now, estimates are 35 40% planted. They should be closer to 50% planted, so it's not a disaster, but it is a concern because what happens in Brazil is they have the rainy season. That's what gives them the moisture. You get to the latter part of the spring and early summer, the raising, raising, excuse me, raining season ends, and essentially the water shuts off, and if their crop is planted too late, they may not have enough water to get them to the end. So a little bit of weather premium may be coming back into the corn market on that concern as well. Yeah, haven't been down there in Brazil here, you know, during the rainy season while they were starting. You know, they were talking, we were talking about that, you know, because of the fact that they can grow crops all year round, but it's getting that corn started with that rain that you really need to get it going, or their cotton crops or whatever they use for second crop. That rain does play a, a big, a big, uh, you know, deal into it. So if, if nothing else, they'll probably be holding on to some of that moisture. But, you know, going back to Argentina, you know, you're talking about beans that have already been stressed by, by drought and, and, and hot temperatures or even the corn a little bit. But then when you get an early freeze on top of it, that really complicates things for them, doesn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, right now I've heard, you know, estimates are their revenues, exports come down 30, 40, 50 percent. So economically, it's going to be very tough for Argentina. They're already dealing with sky high inflation. So it's going to be a problem. Their bean crops definitely going to be smaller. Now where that dynamic comes in is Argentina is a huge exporter in the world bean, mar- bean meal market. If they don't have the beans to export, they don't have the meal. Or excuse me, they don't have the beans to crush, they don't have the meal to export. So now there's talk that maybe they're going to get some beans from Brazil to feed the crushers, which is fine. But then again, you're looking at China coming in saying, well, they want to buy the beans, not, you know, instead of having the Brazilians sell the beans to the Argentinians. So it's something we need to kind of keep an eye on. The Brazilian crop in general looks like it's hanging in there. A lot of people are still 151, 150 million metric tons. If it's that big of a crop, there'll be enough to go around, I believe, between the Argentinian crushers and the Chinese. But if for some reason that crop would start to shrink back and fall below 150, that would get that balance sheet a little bit more tighter. And that kind of lends, jumps into what's going to go happen in the United States this upcoming spring. We are going to get the government's outlook numbers here tomorrow. Uh, the thoughts are maybe a million more acres of corn, maybe a million more acres of beans. We'll see. You know, if we plant two million more acres of corn and only get a half million more acres of beans, and we happen to have a weather problem on top of a weather problem with the Argentinas, it could keep the world bean supply very tight. So there is a lot of uncertainties. Um, you know, total of where the supply for the world, both corn and bean beans are going to be as we go into our growing season. All right. Now moving over to the livestock side of things, you know, we saw corn and, uh, sorry, corn, but hogs and their cattle, uh, you know, take advantage a little bit yesterday. But what are we looking at heading into where we're at here on Wednesday? 
Right now, the trend's definitely up in the cattle. We have, uh, you know, surge to new highs yesterday, backed off a little bit, but overall, the supply continues to tighten. We expect to find that in this week's cattle on feed report. It's still going to be up to the consumer how much he's willing to pay, but right now, you've got to be optimistic on the cattle. The trends are up. The cash market's creeping higher. Box beef are creeping higher, so that's a good sign. The hogs, hopefully, they have finally put their bottom in. They gapped higher coming out of the holiday weekend. They had a strong showing. Uh, you know, getting back above the 50-day moving average on the April. The May contract did take out all its long-term moving averages. So technically, the hog market's starting to look a little bit better. Maybe the demand situation is going to start to pick up. We do need to keep an eye on the, what's going on in China. You know, definitely U.S.-China politics are definitely getting to the wrong way. They're going getting worse instead of better. We export a lot of protein to the Chinese, so it's something we need to keep an eye on. But right now, it does look like, you know, the cattle and both the hogs are, you know, kind of a positive footing at this point. Yeah, geopolitically, we've been in some interesting times. I know Putin uh, was uh, talking and making some noise again yesterday as well, which is throwing a little uncertainty into the marketplace in general, at least uh, as things are looking this morning. Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, Putin's threatening to close the grain door corridor is what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, the the last, uh, you know, agreement ends here, I believe, on March 18th. The Ukrainians are trying to push for a one-year corridor deal, plain and simple, because they want to be able to plan and maybe get more ports involved. Putin is upset. He's saying that, you know, the grain's going to the wrong people. It's going to Europeans instead of other people. He's also complaining about some of the financial restrictions and sanctions on his banks that he says is limiting his export capability. Now, that's probably not true. They're exporting a lot of wheat right now. But, you know, the reality is if Putin wants to shut down his grain corridor, it is going to throw a lot of chaos into the world's trading, grain trading. That has kind of calmed down a little bit. But that probably, you know, that chaos would actually be a little bit positive probably to the U.S., producer simply because that would force some of those buyers that have been getting grain from the Ukrainians to force to find new suppliers, and the U.S. would be that number one supplier more than likely. You know, as we're looking at the soybean market, you know, November hovering right near that $14 mark, just can't quite get over the hump, but definitely some profits to still be uh, taken advantage of for, for producers. Well, I think if you're a producer right now, you've got to take a very serious look at $14 beans. You're looking at just shy of $6 corn. Um, you know, our argument right now, the profitability is there. But if we end up with big acres and a good yield, um, you know, we are definitely transitioning from La Nina. The question is, where do we go from there? How quick we get into El Nino? But if for some reason we manage to have a trend yield, and I don't know if we're going to have a trend yield, but in one way, as one of my clients said, it feels like we're due. We've had a couple good regions here and there across the country. The last couple of years have really good crops, but we're offset by poor regions. If we manage to put a big crop across the west all the way to the east above trend line yields, with the acres we could plant, 91 million acres of corn, you know, 88 plus million acres of beans, our carryout would grow. And plain and simple, I think producers would look back and go, wow, I really missed my opportunity to sell $6 corn and $14 beans. So we're going to encourage you at the ag market team to come up with a way to protect your revenue via via cash, via via futures or options or some combination of the three. But we think there is some downward risk, especially with normal weather this summer. All right, Jim, if folks want to talk to you, agmarket.net, about maximizing some of those returns on investment, how do they get in touch? You can reach any of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758. You can reach me directly at 815-665-0461 or go to agmarket.net for a free trial of our research. All right, Jim, well, thanks so much for the insight and enjoy the, the skating rink that's coming your way. <laughs> Thank you, and uh, be safe out there, and good luck for uh, our, the, the listeners up in the north where they're going to get pounded with this w- blizzard. 
That again was Jim McCormick of AgMarket.net joining us here on the Opening Market Podcast. Let's look at the numbers. March corn down three and three quarters at 676 and three quarters. May down three and a half at 677. December new crop down two and three quarters at 593 and three quarters. March beans down five and a half at 1543 and a quarter. May down six and a half at 1537 and a half. November beans down a nickel at 1394 even. Soy meals down a dollar eighty at 479.80. Soy oil is down a dime at 62.85. Chicago wheat down eight cents at seven fifty four and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down three and a quarter at nine fifteen and a half. Kansas wheat down sixteen and a half at eight seventy seven even. Oats up three quarters of a cent at three forty six and three quarters. April live cattle down twenty cents at one sixty four ninety. March feeders are up fifteen cents at one eighty seven oh two. Lean hogs down a dollar ninety two at eighty seven seventeen. Pork cutouts a dollar twenty five lower at ninety three fifty. Class three milk down two cents at seventeen eighty nine. That's what a check of the opening market podcast here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Act matters. <laughs>